Welcome back to another episode of Vicarious Resilience, where you can learn specific skills to help you face difficult struggles or just daily life. I'm your host, Danette Honish, and I'm a registered clinical counselor. Vicarious Resilience is about learning the skills that have worked for others and trying to use them for ourselves. It's also about sharing what works for us so we can help others. Each individual doesn't need to figure these skills out for themselves. Let's add to each other's toolbox. Welcome to another episode of Vicarious Resilience. I'm here today with Rob McLeod. Rob has been in the mental health field for 30 years. He graduated from UVic. He worked at the Maples Adolescent Assessment Center in Burnaby, British Columbia, and then transferred over to Child and Youth Mental Health. Um, he brings with him a ton of experience and, uh, and a lot of ideas on everyday ways that we can improve our own mental health. Rob, uh, in your 30 years experience, what are some of the things that have really been themes over those 30 years? What has stood out for you as a theme? Well, you know, the biggest thing to that right now that I'm sort of noticing, and, and this is, you know, this has been going on for a long time. It's this kind of divide that happens with people between um, really fully experiencing their emotions and this push-pull that they have wanting to get away from anything that feels painful. Um, and this is a real, this is, I would say, common to most of the mental disorders that I see. There's a component of this, this struggle. And, you know, in this therapy I do called DBT, we talk about the difference between pain and suffering right? And we say pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional, right? Oh, interesting. And, and so when you, what that means is, is that, you know, life is full of pain, right? And if we live a life that um, is attempting to escape pain all the time, um, we actually create more problems for ourselves. We actually create the resistance to what is, is what creates suffering. So the pain resistance is inevitable. to what is, Okay. All right. So it's sort of like having an expectation. Yeah. Your expectation. Right. And and I believe our society feeds into that too, right? Because we live in a society that's constantly concerned with comfort, instant gratification, right? And sort of the illusion that you can live a life somewhere where, you know, pain doesn't exist, where everything is happy. You can buy it on Amazon. It can get delivered to you. Right. (laughs) And, you know, and I think that, so when you have people, clients who are having significant difficulty, you know, often due to their emotionality and due to the fact some of them are highly sensitive to emotions, um, that they, you know, they often have a worldview, which is just that, that the external, they're at the mercy of the external world, that, that they should seek comfort above all else, right? And that, um, you know, the only way to regulate how I feel is by other people changing it, right? Or other people doing things for me. Right. Um, and, you know, the, comp- the things that people do to avoid pain create immense complications in their life, right? You could probably think of them, you know, uh, people doing, you know, drugs and alcohol, anger, judgment, um, you know. Cutting off of relationships with right. people that they right. love. Right, and distractions, right? The things that could be as simple as, you know, as, playing a video game all day long to, to not want to deal with something or, or it can be as severe as dissociating and completely 
becoming unconscious to pieces of your life and things that have happened. Yeah. Yeah. Now you mentioned DBT. So we've, we've talked about DBT on the podcast before, but maybe you can just give a a explanation about what DBT is. (laughs) That could be a big conversation. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, DBT stands for dialectical behavior therapy. It's a therapy that was invented by a psychologist named Marshall Linehan um, in the early, maybe early eighties, late seventies. Um, and she was working with a lot of women who would be called borderline personality disorder, potentially, or meet criteria for that disorder. And she was finding what she was doing wasn't working very well with these women. Um, and what she was doing was cognitive behavioral therapy. And a lot of these, a lot of the women who um, were chronically suicidal and self-harming um, were finding that the therapy they was invalidating to them. They there was a heavy emphasis on, on having to change, having to fix things. And that those clients found that invalid and they would often drop out of therapy. They would you know, not be compliant with therapy, wouldn't be part of it. So she created this therapy called DBT that um, it's very behavioral, but it also has this component of mindfulness, which is not in regular CBT. So, and so it's a skill-based therapy very behavioral, it's about being in the moment. But the thing about skills is you can't use skills if you're not aware of what's happening. Um, and often the things that she was seeing, the things that we see are people who are try, trying to escape as their experience, right? Trying to escape painful emotions. And they engage in behaviors in the short term to do that, to cope, that actually create huge complications in their lives, right? Okay, so it's like uh, sort of maladaptive coping strategies. Absolutely. To avoid pain. Right, so so DBT is about replacing those maladaptive strategies with ones that are more effective, more skillful, and more conscious. Because often these behaviors that happen to escape pain are very automatic and very unconscious. So going back to what I was saying originally, this is the reason for mindfulness. Because I can teach someone all the skills in the world I want. And if in that moment when they're highly emotional and they're overwhelmed and they're about to do what they always do, they have to be aware in order to do something different. Right. Yes. So it's fundamental. Mindfulness in itself is a skill that helps people be able to create distance and space between their thoughts and their, and their reactions, if you want to put it that way. Okay. All right. So it's sort of, slowing the bus down, recognizing what's happening to you, right. and then choosing an effective way to work through that. Yeah, it's creating a gap between you and your thoughts, essentially, right? Because often what's happening is people's thoughts, these, this, these thoughts, ruminations about the past, and, you know, worries about the future are what are dominating their experience and generating their emotion, actually, at the time. Okay. So if you're going to uh, uh, teach this to someone, what, how would you go about teaching it? Well, then I could do that for you right now, if you like. That would be awesome. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say that. <laughs> okay. So if you want to sit up in your chair, um, you know, have an erect posture. Okay. So when, one of the things you want to be doing here too is, is being having an open body posture, right? Having because this influences your mental state as well. So if I approach the world, if I'm avoidant, 
I could be avoiding my body posture as well. If I'm, you know, if I'm curling up and I'm hiding, um, that's reflected in my emotional state as well. So I want to be erect. I want to be open. And the first thing I want you to do is just to get in touch with something that's happening all the time, which is your breath. And if you think about it, that is a process that occurs. How many times do you think in a day? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> right? Thousands of times probably, right? And yeah. how many of those breaths are you actually aware of? Almost none. Yeah, almost none, right? So here's a process that's occurring that's intimately connected to us that we're not even aware of much of the time. So this is a place to start when we do mindfulness. So start with, so what I want you to do is put your tongue just gently on the roof of your mouth. Okay. And I want you just to breathe through your nose and you can put your hands on your abdomen. Okay. And just notice, don't try and force anything or change anything. Just notice the rise and fall of your abdomen. You don't have to try and change and deepen your breath, but if you put your attention there, there, your breath will naturally deepen. If you notice any thoughts coming into your hand, just notice the thought and return your attention just to your breathing and the sensations of breathing. When that feels comfortable, and you've developed a comfortable rhythm. Now I want you to start noticing your body. Notice the top of your head and any sensations that are occurring there. You may notice tension, you may notice tingling, temperature change. Don't try and change those sensations. Just be aware of them. Then move down to your face. Move down to your neck. Noticing any tension and any sensation. Move down to your shoulders. Your upper back. Your upper chest. your upper arms, down to your forearms, down to your hands, right down to the tips of your fingers. Notice where your body is touching other parts of your body. Notice where your body's contacting the chair or any other furniture. Now move down to your upper chest. Down to the middle of your back. If thoughts are coming into your head, just observe that and return your attention to your breath and your body. Move down to your abdomen. Move down to your lower back. Just noticing what's there. Move down to your glutes, to your hamstrings, 
notice your quads. Notice your calves. Move right down to your feet, right down to the tips of your toes. Noticing any sensations that are there. Now I want you to notice your breath again, as you've been noticing. And notice wherever you feel the breath the most. It may be in the rise and fall of your chest. It may be the cool air coming through your nostrils. It may be in the rise and fall of your abdomen. I want you just to observe that. And again, if thoughts come in, don't fight with them. Don't push them away. Just notice them and come back to your breath. Okay, now when you're breathing in at the top of your breath, I want you just to hold your breath briefly. And in that pause, I want you to have a sense of your entire body sitting as one unit. And as you breathe out, empty your lungs completely. And again, pause and have a sense of your whole body sitting as one unit. Imagine that you inhabit your body fully, that from head to toe, you're fully aware and fully conscious of your entire body. And just rest with that for a minute. Whenever you're ready, you can come back to the room. You can open your eyes. <laughs> wow, was that? that was that was great. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the thing with doing this, right? So, what did you experience? What happened to you? Well, um, I was much more aware of the air coming into my nose. Yep, like feeling the coolness around the tips of my nostrils. Um, as you were going down the different body parts, I was becoming more aware of, of those areas, either breathing in or um, uh, the like some some pain or something from where I had slept wrong yep. or and some tingling, yep, nose, yep. which was interesting. I didn't realize that until I started paying attention. <laughs> so, yeah, yep, just that's very often what happens, right? What was happening in my body at the time. So often people are not very aware of their bodies. And in fact, they actively avoid feeling, you know, some people will go through this exercise and there's parts of their body that they can't actually feel, right? They're disconnected from them. Um, often people also, as you said, discover pain that they didn't realize that they had. Right. right. Yeah. Right? But the important part of this exercise, what happens with mindfulness is that people confuse mindfulness with relaxation. 
And mindfulness is not relaxation. So what I say is relaxation is necessary, but not sufficient. Okay, it's mindfulness. Okay, so mindfulness, the goal of mindfulness is not to relax per se, though uh, if you're too tense, it's hard to focus, right? So you have to be relaxed, um, but it's about awareness. And sometimes that means awareness about things that aren't relaxing. Sometimes that's awareness of pain, right? And this is back to our original discussion, right? You know, so the pain paradox that I was talking about originally is this idea that we have to fully experience our pain in order for our pain to leave, right? And people unfortunately have the opposite idea that I can push all my pain away and that'll end it. But what happens is it doesn't, it's still present. And in fact, what's happening is it's unconscious and it continues to control our behavior and control our choices, right? So this is the, this is the reason for mindfulness is to be able to be present with whatever's there, to allow it to be fully experienced and to, and to let go. So is the idea then that if you are um, fully experiencing whatever your, like yeah. if it is pain, yeah. then your your brain has the opportunity to process Absolutely true. and yeah. let it go. That's one way of putting it, right? So, you know, processing, what does that mean exactly? Don't know. But, but there's evidence that this is the case, right? And there's other, you hear other terms that you heal it to feel it or feel it to heal it, right? Name it to tame it. All yeah. of these things are indicators of, of sticking with your emotional experience, right? Right. Yeah. And I can understand but, why people... Uh, do the exact opposite. Absolutely. Who wants to feel pain? They will, you know, people right. want to avoid painful things. It's uncomfortable. Absolutely. Right. And then when you couple that with messages that tell you that that's the way you're supposed to deal with things, what do you do? That's what you do. Right. right. And the thing is, those strategies that we learn to avoid pain actually work. They do work. They work in the short term. In the short term. Right. But they don't serve us in our long term. You know, so I'll go back to DBT again. So I wasn't, I was thinking I wasn't going to talk all about DBT on this, <laughs> on this, but here I am talking about DBT again. So, um, you know, we talk about this idea of bringing your behavior under the control of your long-term goals, right? So in the short term, you know, my goal in the short term is just pain avoidance, pain avoidance or, or, you know, discomfort avoidance, right? So you have to bring that awareness again for mindfulness, bring the awareness of what your long-term goal is into the present moment to create motivation for you to do something different, to act more skillfully, to act more effectively, to not escape and not avoid. Okay. All right. Well, that, I mean, um, it's a very simple concept. And it also is. I think Difficult. that it's one that you need to practice over and over to get more, uh, just more um, experienced at. Well, the fact is, is it is it's cultivation of a particular state of mind, right? And, it, and it's, you know, the way you want to think of it is like exercise. It doesn't happen right away. Um, you know, some people would call, there's a lot of ways of talking about mindfulness. And one is, it's control of your attention, right? Or some people talk about exercise to your attention muscle, right? So every time I do that refocus where I notice my thoughts and I go back to paying attention to whatever is I'm paying attention, I'm exercising my attention muscle. That allows me to not be consumed and overwhelmed by thoughts, 
that are present. Because if you think about what's happening is when I'm overwhelmed by these ruminations about the past or worries about the future, my attention is being hijacked, right? I have no control over it. It's what we would call intrusive thoughts, right? It's, it, which, you know, by definition are things I don't control, right? So mindfulness is about stepping back and being able to actually get control over that through the, through the faculty of attention, right? But, and some people don't realize that this is even possible. Um, it's, it's, you know, the whole concept is impossible to them because they identify with their thoughts. Their thoughts are them. And the whole idea of mindfulness is that your thoughts aren't you. You're the one having the thought. And then you have ability to have choice and control over some of those things. If that makes any sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Right. Um, your, your brain is always throwing out little problems Correct. to be right. solved. And you can go down that rabbit hole, oh, but you absolutely. don't have to. <laughs> no. And the thing I think about, right, is the fact that we I say we carry the world in our heads, right? So, you know, we're walking around. I could be wherever. And nothing in that moment is wrong. But I'm still carrying everything else that's wrong around with me. Right. right? Yeah. So when I talk to people about this, I talk, you know, even if you can carve out bu bubbles of time where you're present and you're not bound by your worry about the future or your rumination about the past, right? One day, if you have enough of those together, one day you'll look around and go, oh, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> right? Right. Yes. Right? Yeah. So that's, that's some of my thoughts about that. Great. Well, that was, uh, uh, like I said, it's a very, it's a very simple concept, but it's one that needs to be practiced. And, um, and thank you so much for walking us through how to, how to go about practicing it. Um, the, a couple of tips that I really picked up. One is that um, the nice thing about focusing on your breath is that your breath is with you wherever you go. True. So true. It doesn't, doesn't yeah. matter if you're on vacation or if you're in uh, the middle of a, a court date, your, um, <laughs> you know, your breath is there so you can focus on it. Um, another one actually is the using the, the apex of your breath to pause yep. and, and be in touch with your body. So it's just a little check-in. Yep. That's and, exactly right. Yeah. That's so a this, great tip. This idea of being fully aware of from head to toe, right? Of, of just having a sense of being in the moment fully, right? right. At, that, at that pause, in that pause. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, well, Rob, I, I think we're going to wrap it up there. I really appreciate you coming on the show and, uh, and you know, bringing all of your skills uh, along with you. And of course, we've only touched on such a small amount of your skills, but it's a great tip. And um, uh, we hope that people go away and practice these ideas. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Rob, uh, Rob teaches DBT uh, group sessions in the White Rock, South Surrey area. And if you're interested in getting in contact with him, I will put his contact information in the liner notes. So thanks again, Rob. It's, Excellent. Uh, it's, been, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, that. Take care. <laughs> Take care. This brings us to the end of another episode of Vicarious Resilience. Um, if you'd like to get a hold of Rob, you can reach him at rob at healingmindpsychotherapy.com or visit his website at www.healingmindpsychotherapy.com or you can give him a call area code 604-219-8067
Once again, my name is Danette Honish. Thanks for listening.